Creative Lifestyle Planning is proud to sponsor the award-winning Berkshire Football Stories podcast from Football in Berkshire. Creative Lifestyle Planning is a woking and based independent financial planning business who provide affordable, transparent financial planning for clients from all walks of life. Maybe you're saving for a property, planning for retirement, or would just like to save some money in a tax-efficient manner. Drop them a line on 0330-118-0210. That's 0330-118-0210 for a free initial consultation. And let them know Football in Berkshire sent you. and welcome to another instalment of Berkshire Football Stories and no you don't need to adjust your headset or restart your device rather than hearing the dulcet tones of TC this episode is brought to you by me Abby Ticehurst. Every week the award-winning Berkshire Football Stories podcast will bring you two great podcasts our regular chat pod with myself Tom Canning and host Rob Davies as well as a second pod that will include an interview with someone from the world of Berkshire football. We have some great guests in the next few weeks and if you're playing guest bingo today I've got you a winning line as I'm joined by the coach, captain and chairman of Caversham United Women, Georgia Graham, Emma Hopkins and Paul Gutteridge. If you like what you hear make sure you hit subscribe to get the latest episodes every week and look us up on Twitter FI Berkshire and FIB underscore women and on Facebook by searching Football in Berkshire. In the meantime here's our interview with the GOATS. everybody and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories. This episode I am joined by Georgia Graham, Emma Hopkins and Paul Gutteridge from Caversham United Women. First of all guys, how are you? How's things? Yeah, good. Really good. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Paul, don't worry. You don't have to tell us how good you are. We already know you're good. It's all right. So obviously we are here to talk about Caversham United, but kind of we'll we'll come to that part of the journey. Let's kind of let's take it right back, kind of in terms of your your football journey. So Georgia, Emma, tell me both how you kind of got started. Give me a little whistle stop tour of football. Georgia, do you want to go first? Go on, George. Um, so what playing you mean? Like when we were younger? Everything. Tell me the oh, whole, wow, plan. whole playing, journey. coaching, what you do, your role at Reading, the whole, yeah, the whole thing. We will probably be here all night. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> that's to be honest. Um, I've done this, also, this, this. Yeah, I don't think it's that exciting either, to be honest. Um, <laughs> no, so I mean, I've always had, you know, love for football since I could pretty much walk. I think, um, and where I grew up, there was a lot of boys, and it was either joining and play football or just kind of stand there and watch and kind of be on my own so it was almost forced upon but in a nice way um so yeah I just fell in love with football um and just literally like after school it'd be straight away go out with my friends and play football over at the parks that's where I spent most of my childhood pretty much um and then yeah played for like the school team and things like that um and I remember we had a Reading coach come in um I remember his name Adam and yeah he was lovely he was brilliant and he, you know he gave me so much confidence and was like why are you not playing for a team and things like that so he arranged for me to go to a team and, and, and everything it went from there pretty much um so yeah ended up obviously playing um and yeah just loving the game like loads <laughs> um so I just continued and then I went to college um and it was actually through Reading Football Club it was a, a futsal college scheme, um, so I went there for two years, and then off the back of that, I got offered um, an apprenticeship with Reading Football Club, um, which was a full-time one, so I worked with the community, um, and then they offered me a full-time job at the end of it, so, you know, I, I grabbed it with both hands, I was like, this is perfect, um, and yeah, I was like, I'm involved in football, um, I knew obviously it wasn't good enough to be a play, like a player full time professionally, so this was kind of the next step. Um, so yeah, got my badges and um, was coaching, um, and then I ended up being the assistant disability officer at the community. That was kind of almost like a little promotion for me. Uh, and then I worked my way into the girls' department, 
um, and I ended up heading that up, um, so managing that role. Um, and then I ended up going over to the women's side um, and doing the marketing role there. And then unfortunately I got made redundant. Um, as you can imagine, there's not a lot of funding and, and that in football, in women's football, sorry. However, that is changing. Um, but yeah, so I got made redundant. And to be honest, I was absolutely gutted to be at Reading. I think I was at Reading maybe eight, nine years. And then I got made redundant. So that was quite hard to take. Um, but on the side, I've always been coaching. So I've been coaching with the uh, Girls Academy. Um, so that's always kind of been an extra job. Um, so I've always kept that up since I got made redundant from my full-time role. So I've always had that link with Reading um, still. Um, but yeah, and then obviously uh, carried on with that coaching. Um, I got injured and then I stopped playing football for a couple of years. Um, and then I was just like, right, I need to get fit again. I need to get back into it. I miss it. Ended up going um, to a team called Habsham AFC at the time. And then, yeah, Alcaz, yeah. <laughs> oh. Alcaz um, who was the manager at the time, he was like, come on, I want you to sign. Like, we, I think me and Emma literally went along, didn't we, to um, help them out with numbers. And he was like, come on, you've got to sign, like, sign. He was des not, not desperate, but he was like, he was so eager, wasn't he? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we ended up signing. And then, um we played didn't we we carried on playing i got injured again um and then they want uh alcaz wanted to take a step back um so then i basically said oh i'll do it until my injury gets better um and then uh, i'm still stuck here and we ended up being uh did we get approached by you paul or did we approach you i actually can't remember <laughs> You absolutely oh, approached us. Oh no, oh, I feel like that's we a lie. We knew he was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I walked into that a little bit. Yeah, he's telling the truth there a little bit. I'm pretty sure you approached us. <laughs> anyway, um, and yeah, and then that's when the whole um, Havisham United women's team started. Paul basically begged us. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we couldn't, we didn't refuse. Um, and now we are Havisham United women. And I'm also not injured anymore, however, still stuck being the manager. <laughs> nice, I like that. That's a cool journey. That's, that's good that you're still kind of involved in girls football, even if you're not necessarily at Reading. That's kind of nice to see, obviously, that, that's kind of like the future of women's football, isn't it? So that's kind of great that you're, you're involved in that still. Emma, tell us about your journey as well. Um, you very kindly filled in my Why I Play for Women's Football Weekend uh, yeah. feature. And you, I feel like you kind of mentioned two like real defining moments for your life. So your dad's influence and also your hip uh, injury. So I don't know, maybe let's go back as well. Tell me about your kind of childhood and then also like kind of come to present day as well. Yeah, so like you mentioned there, I kind of got into football initially because of my dad um he he played um and always kind of encouraged me to have a kickabout in the garden um and that sort of thing so that's how sort of I, I found my love for the game um a bit like Georgia mentioned like growing up at school I was very much a tomboy always hanging around with the boys um and we would spend literally every day after school down at the park having a kickabout and all through sort of the summer holidays that would be our day until it got dark. Um, at school, like throughout school, I didn't actually go and join a grassroots club initially until I was about 14. So I was at secondary school at the time. Um, and one of the girls in my year actually played for a local team and said, oh, you should, you should come along and give it a go. I, I, honestly, I was always a little bit reluctant initially to join a, a girls team because I was always used to playing with the boys. And in my primary school, no other girls played football. So I was a bit like, oh, yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I went for it in the end and played for Phil uh, Tigers and Westwood Wanderers. Um, then when I left school, um, I went on to study at Southampton Solent University and I did a football studies degree. Um, so that was kind of 
incorporated coaching, like psychology, sociology, loads of different aspects um, of football. Met a lot of good people there, got some good contacts um, within the game as well. It was a great experience. I loved it. Um, then once I finished my degree, um, obviously moved back home to Reading, uh, ended up getting a job um, at Reading FC Community Trust. George was actually my manager at the time. Um, and uh, as she mentioned, when she moved from the Community Trust over to the women's team, I actually uh, took her role as uh, the head of, of girls football at Reading FC Community, which I'm still there now, five years or so later. Um, and yeah, in terms of like playing, I played football um, whilst I was at uni. And then um, the year that I finished, um, I'd, well, I'd, ha I'd had issues with my hip throughout university, um, but it kept kind of being misdiagnosed. So I carried on playing and ultimately made it worse. Um, and then eventually in 2017, um, I had my first surgery on my hip. Um, it was a bit of a, yeah, bit of a nasty one, similar to uh, what Andy Murray has actually had. Um, so they dislocate your hip and yeah, sort of clean out the joint and stuff, pretty nasty. Um, and to be honest, after the first surgery, it didn't, it didn't get any better. Um, so two years later, I, uh, yeah, I had an, another op. Um, thankfully, after sort of six months with her physio, that, that did start to feel much better, but they did warn me not to play football again, not like competitive football anyway, um, just because of the contact and stuff involved. But yeah, as I've mentioned to you before, I ignored that and um, <laughs> I've continued to play. Um, can't run anymore, but you know, who needs to run when I've got younger yeah, players yeah. on the team that can do that for me? I thought you were going to say because you're so technically good. Absolutely not. I thought that was going to be your no, response. No, absolutely not. No, other people do the running. Yeah, I was going to question that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought the lack of running was just due to uh, lack of effort, to be honest. Oh, here we go. You be quiet. Put yourself back on mute. You only chirp up when you want to <laughs> say something silly. Yeah, so, yeah, that's my, my journey, really. Nice, yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more about, so you mentioned about how you're kind of in, well, both of you, actually, you're both involved in girls' football. Let's kind of discuss that a little bit more. So what does your role entail um, at Reading as a head of girls' football? <clears throat> um, so mainly uh, it's kind of work within primary and secondary schools within the, like, Reading, Berkshire area. Um so we yeah we do sort of lunchtime clubs after school clubs uh in the schools then in the holidays we run uh, girls only like football camps um and as a result of that we kind of pick up uh some talented players and invite them to our girls development center which is kind of bridging the gap between your local grassroots girls football and the, the RTC um, that Red and FC Women run. Um, so it kind of provides that sort of stepping stone between the two, um, because what we've found over the period that we've worked at the club is that gap was becoming bigger and bigger. So mm -hmm. it was important to, to add sort of a, an extra level to that pathway. Um, and I'm currently undertaking my UEFA B license. So um, I have been coaching um, uh, under 13 RTC age group as well, which has, yeah, been really good. And it allows me to obviously work with the development centre and the RTC, which I think has helped in terms of knowing how to develop the players and, and progress them onto the next level. Nice. Does that mean uh, you and Georgia are going to swap at some point as well then? <laughs> so, Georgia, you'll be back on the playing field. Emma will have her UA for B on the sidelines. <laughs> that's, listen, that's not a bad shout. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> retirement is not far off for me <laughs> in terms of playing, I don't think. So, yeah, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, nice. to be honest, I'm not much of a mover either, so it would literally be a straight swap. Like. <laughs> That's what you've got the kids for. They do all the running. You just yeah, like, bring exactly. the ball on, kick one from long range, get one. Can't in even range. do that. Can't <laughs> even do that. So fair enough. <laughs> okay, so we've done the journey. Let's let's talk about Caversham United then. Um, so this question is actually from Tom. In fact, actually, he said, "What persuaded you guys to link up with a Sunday League side, and how long did it take you to agree?" <laughs> I feel like Paul's going to chime in at this one. Yeah. Yes, he's hundred percent going to chip in. Um, do you want to go? Or yeah, um, oh, wow. I've got to go back and think now. I think to be honest, we had uh, initial conversations around the beginning of last season. I think it was. Yeah. Um, that's when we sort of got introduced to Paul um, and yeah started having these initial conversations about becoming Caversham United women um, and to be honest those those discussions went back and forth for quite some time didn't they probably a good five six month period a lot of zoom calls and yeah a lot of zoom calls and there was just a, a lot of things to discuss in time in terms of you know timings was it best for our group of players is that what everybody would would want um so we had to have conversations with the with the girls um as well as obviously with with Paul and and Caversham United um so yeah it it those conversations didn't happen overnight it was an uh, sort of an ongoing process but um I think we, it was unanimous really yeah. in the end the, the decision to move over it was uh, and definitely the right one we also like was adamant that we didn't want to just like make a decision just like that. Like it was really thought about, like we had numerous conversations, didn't we? Um, and like at the end of the day, we didn't actually like, there was nothing wrong with Caversham AFC. Um, and we made that very clear to them. We wanted to say to them like, look, this is nothing against you. Like, you know, you've been brilliant to us. It's just, there's a better opportunity here. And that was literally what it was. Um, we didn't want to leave on sour terms. No, and, and again, we we thought about at Caversham AFC, they actually had our team and another women's team at the time, yeah. plus an under-18 girls team who were obviously going to feed through into women's football eventually as well. Um, so that played a major part, the fact that they still had um, a pathway for the girls to come through. Um, it wasn't... We, we didn't want to just up and up and leave them in the lurch kind of thing yeah of course yeah. <clears throat> paul i'm sure you've got something to say on this matter hmm. well um <laughs> no uh i'll answer this one seriously um like they've like they both said um it wasn't something that happened overnight and we had to make sure it was right for both of us for Caversham united and for the the team that already existed for AFC um, and ultimately from my side I'd kind of wanted to have a, a women's team for the past sort of few seasons um, apologies Rudely interrupted <laughs> sorry glamour for the podcast <laughs> um, we, I'd wanted a, a women's team for a couple of seasons but for me what I needed to do first was to make sure that the club was ready to have a women's team in terms of having the right support and structures in place to to make it a sustainable thing. Like, yeah, we could have started a women's team and it, it could have folded within six months if we hadn't got everything right behind the scenes, including funding, sponsorship, all of that sort of stuff. So I had to make sure that was in place. And obviously when we did get approached by... Um, Georgia and Emma um, we were obviously delighted that they'd chosen us to you mean you approached do. us yeah I've still got the messages oh. um, and the conversations were, were positive um, like I said we tried to go about it the right way in terms of obviously telling AFC at an appropriate time um, and trying our best to to keep it all off social media, um, despite my uh, keenness to uh, publicise the fact that we finally made that step. But um, at, at the end of the day, so far, I think it's been a good decision. 
Yeah, absolutely. I say, interesting that you say you're keen just to keep it off social media. There definitely was a Radio 1 advert that went out or a shout out that went out. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, yes, there was. There yeah. so was. And I actually had someone message me saying, um, I'm pretty sure I just heard your team on the radio. And I'm like, <laughs> what? So I had to like, at the time back. as well. I always have it on in the background. And I was like, hang on a second. I know that team. So. <laughs> yeah, I always have that radio station yeah. on. And that one day, I don't think I was at work that one day. So I didn't hear it. But yeah, I had messages. And I was just like, what? Like, what is going on? He didn't do very well. At that <laughs> secret, did he? We, we do have contacts at uh, Radio 1. And it, it looks like that somehow got out. But... Uh... <laughs> I'd like to point out as well, though, that it wasn't that show, so you can't claim that. Chris Stark was not doing that show at the time, so that's not the leak at all. (laughs) Exactly, I caught you out. Um, I guess as well, you guys had to kind of make a sort of impromptu debut because you entered the the Burfield tournament, so you kind of were projected into the kind of world of social media and the world as Caversham in a tournament so yeah I guess you didn't get the kind of big reveal of the season but yeah how was that for you guys kind of going to that tournament as for the first time as Caversham United? I mean like you just said it was hard because obviously we had this massive secret over like the whole summer and we were just like desperate we were like we just want to like we want to tell people we want to scream and shout about it so that was really hard in itself. Yeah, Paul it? was very precious about when the timing was right for that that news break. <laughs> yeah so we you know we we did as we were told um but yeah That's i mean the, <laughs> yeah not anymore um the i like the idea behind it was to kind of to have the kit um and kind of have that linked in with it so the whole kit reveal and the women's team being revealed at the same time but as you can imagine like because of the whole kit and it being specifically made for us um obviously the timing of that being made and actually shipped out and things like that so that was quite difficult um and then obviously we had the tournament and the kit hadn't arrived so it was kind of we've already told AFC um we can't really enter a tournament and wear their kit um so it was a bit of a difficult one really um but like ultimately you know to go out there and and wear the away kit that we did wear um and everyone just felt like really buzzing, I think. And everyone was just like, oh, you know, like this is going to be our away kit. Like, it was just a, kind of a, a new, exciting chapter, I think, for everyone. Everyone was really excited to make the move. And, and yeah, it was just keen to, to get started and get going, really, as covers from United Women. So, yeah, no, it was, it was a nice way to start. I'll, um, I'll add here that um, for that, for that tournament, um, both teams kind of shared our existing home kit and away kit. So we had a women's team in home and a women's team in an away kit and a men's team and obviously playing back-to-back days as well. I spent so long that week trying to round up kits to make sure both teams had enough. Wasn't you hungover for our one? That was after our end of season do yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure i have a photo of you lying on the floor yeah 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 <laughs> it could well be true you're getting a grill in here paul in this episode that's as all this is all it is actually this is not about coverage united William. it's just about oh, okay. paul <laughs> oh is that not what we're here i'm for? used to it i'm used to it <laughs> He gives as good as he gets. Don't worry about yeah. that. I can tell. I can tell. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a quite a nice segue because I feel like now we should talk about the kit then. Um, just the 27.5 thousand views on, on, the, on the kit reveal video there currently and growing, I imagine, actually. So, um, yeah, let's talk about that kit. The, the one that's sitting on my wall right now, it gets all of the podcast kind Love of it. views. Yeah, it's constantly there. It's, it's, it gets a little kind of a roll. It, it moves around. Sometimes it's a different... I'm, I'm a secret Cavish... Well, it's not really that secret, is it? I, I like a Cavisham kit. I've got a few of them, so... <laughs> Love it. We love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's huge. Like, it is crazy to just think like, yeah, okay, we're, you know, a grassroots team just you know turn up kind of play thing and um that we've actually got people buying our shirts like yeah it's I still I I still don't really believe it to be honest 
um and the fact like when you we get people tweeting us or whatever it might be saying um oh just purchased the shirt and like there's a photo of them wearing it and things like that and i'm just like oh my god like you know we actually have fans out there and worldwide as well not just here um yeah it's i it's think what was crazy. what was nice with sort of this kit competition is um we had i can't remember paul correct me if i'm wrong but i think it was a hundred and something um like kit design entries um and myself georgia paul um and and joe whittled them down didn't we to was it 30 32 i think it was and then yeah. obviously it was put to the to the twitter vote so it was nice to be sort of involved in that process as well because again that was before any of the announcements about Caversham United women so we were yeah we yeah. were involved in that that decision making which was fun there was a a, a few interesting designs yeah. uh, <laughs> some from our Always girls is. actually as well <laughs> didn't quite make the cut uh, I mean, this this is one of the things we kind of talked about from the start, and that we wanted this to very much feel like one club, like not two individuals. Um, but we we wanted the the women's team to be involved in that whole process right from the very start, even though we hadn't got anywhere near kind of officially announced or anything like that kind of thing, and they were still playing their current season. We knew that when the kit did come round, that would be the one they were wearing and wanted them to be involved in that process. And um, obviously, we tend to do this as a kind of annual thing. So next year should be an away kit. So who knows? We might even let Mother say this time as well. How kind. <laughs> Charming. <laughs> yeah. It was also nice for uh, Sophie and Charlotte to be involved in the, the kit launch video as well. I was bad carrier on the day because I have a face for radio. Um, so I'm behind the camera. Um, but no, that was, that was a good day, actually. And it, the, the video, Martin did a superb job on the video. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it came out really well. So yeah, I'm really chuffed with that. I think when Paul, sorry, when Paul said about how, you know, he wanted us to feel like one club and, and that kind of, you know, family feeling and, and that's exactly how it felt and how it does feel, sorry. Um, yeah, it just like the fact he included us in every little thing um, and it made us feel appreciated as well, like our our opinion mattered and things like that. So I think that was really nice as well. Without being too nice about Paul, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say That's something horrible. Yeah. I nearly fell off my. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, whilst we're kind of on the topic of shirts, um, let's talk about your back sponsor. So, that is Breast Cancer Now. Why did you choose them and kind of what's it been like working with them as a sponsor? Big fan of that choice of sponsor. Yeah, again, we it was a discussion, wasn't it, with mm. the team? We wanted to get the team involved. Um, again, it, you know, we don't, we don't like to make decisions just like that. And kind of, um, overnight, we, we like to think about things and, you know, make sure that we're doing the right thing. Um, but yeah, no, we spoke to the team, um, and we explained like, you know, we need to, um, kind of have a charity. Has anyone got anyone, anything in mind? And a few people obviously had suggestions, um, but I think, yeah, breast cancer was quite close to quite a few people. Um, and, yeah, obviously, we're going in, without going into too much detail, I think a lot of players, you know, either knew someone or, you know, experienced something close to them um, with obviously to do with that charity. Um, so then I know Paul approached them and done all the checks and everything and made sure that they were happy with us to have, uh, have their logo on our shirts. Um, and yeah, and then obviously we had the Wear It Pink day as well. And that was great to link up with them. And they were brilliant. They sent us shirts. Um, so we warmed up in the Wear It Pink shirts. Yeah, and it, it sort of coincided quite nicely with the, the QPR game, which is obviously the biggest game that we've had up to date. Um, so yeah, we wore, we wore the, the T-shirts in the warm-up for that. Um, 
raised a little bit of money, didn't we? We made uh, like an online donation page, so raised a little bit of money as well. So yeah, it all kind of linked in really well. Nice. You're doing all these. Uh... Oh, Paul, did you want to say something? Sorry. No, I think they've summed it up quite well. <laughs> okay. Um, you're doing all these really helpful segues here for me, guys. So this is really useful. I was going to say, we can't do a podcast with you guys. And, well, exactly, clearly. <laughs> I was going to say, we can't do a podcast with you guys and not talk about the FA Cup. Uh, what a journey you guys had. Um, mm. Yeah. Kind of let's, again, go back to the beginning. What, what made you decide that you wanted to enter into the competition to begin with? Um, it's something that we had kind of mentioned before when we were at AFC, but for one reason or another, it, it never materialised. Um, and we, yeah, we never entered. So when we were, were talking to Paul about the, the move over to Caversham United Women, that was literally one of the first things I said to him was, <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure the applications go live this day, you know, make sure we do it. We really want to be be involved in the FA Cup this season. Um, so, yeah, we were we were really keen to to uh, get involved with that. And again, we were only too keen to support that as well. Um, and what a great experience it turned out to be. Yeah, absolutely. Like super impressive. So <clears throat> obviously your kind of first round, the the regionalisation, I've had a rant about this on, on the other podcast that I do for Rob. So it's obviously regionalised the first three rounds. So naturally a team from Wiltshire visited you in the first round qualifying. So you played Warminster Town Ladies. You of course won that 3-1. How was that kind of first game for you? How was that experience? Uh, everyone was yeah, really hyped yes. for it, um, yeah. but nervous. Um, obviously, playing against Warminster, as you mentioned, they're from from Wiltshire, so we we didn't know anything anything about them. Um, Did you not read the program we put together? Maybe uh, some yeah. useful hints in there. We'll we'll get to the program next, Paul. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we tried to do a little bit of online research about them but yeah like I said we didn't know too much about it um the funny thing is though that um me and Emma when we've done the girls program for Reading Football Club we used to coach the women's university team and they're the first and seconds and one of the girls played for Warminster uh, so we knew one of the girls yeah um so that was a little bit of banter, like back and forth and, you know, like, but obviously not giving anything away to each other. Um, but yeah, so it, it, again, you're, you're almost going into the game blind because you literally have no idea what they're like. It's not like, you know, top level flight, flight football where you can go and watch clips of them and stuff like that. So you're kind of going into a game like literally blind. So you just kind of have to come up with a tactic and kind of just run with it. I think, um, but yeah, the girls were, were super, super up for it. You know, obviously we hadn't entered the, the FA Cup before, so it was, you know, all very new and exciting. Um, and yeah, we managed to get uh, quite a good crowd uh, <laughs> down to Scours Lane for the occasion. Um, so yeah, no, it was, a, it, it was a really good experience. And obviously, yes, we'll talk about Paul's lovely programme that he, he put together. And Emma featured on it. Yeah, I was the cover girl. <laughs> <laughs> I made my own contribution to it, I think. Yep, you did. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul, do you want to take the limelight, explain the, explain the programme whilst we're here? <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought, Let's see, FA Cup, first time the girls to play in it, first time Cavalcham United have had a team in it and probably only going to get one game in it given they're playing a team from the tier above. Let's, let's make a big occasion of it. And uh, they then went on and proved me wrong, <laughs> which is great, may I add. Um, but yeah, just, just wanted to make sure that uh, the occasion was like a special one for... For them, if it did end up being their only game in the competition this season, I add, because again, more than more than happy to support that again going forward, especially after this season's effort. 
um, but just wanted to make sure it was a good experience for everyone involved. And um, I think we had like 11 or 12 of the, the men's team came down to watch as well. Um, Georgia let me stand in the dugout and uh, pester everyone. Not honest, choice. Uh, it, even Tony and Chenzo from uh, TalkSport turned up to watch. And it was like, oh, what are you doing there? Um, but yeah, it was a really good occasion and wow, what a game it was as well. Um, yeah, couldn't have been proud of that day, to be honest. Nice. And yeah, as I said, you won 3-1, so through to second round qualifying, where the regionalisation apparently was now a thing and you played fellow Berkshire side, Eversley and California. And again, yeah. that was a nice win. How was that game? How was that for you guys? Yeah, well, like you said, we, uh, Eversley and California are a team that we were much more familiar with. They were in our, our league last season and we actually played them in pre-season as well. Um, so we knew a little bit more uh, about them. Um, so felt like we could, yeah, prepare uh, more thoroughly and accordingly. Um, but again, the, the girls sort of really bought into the whole FA Cup and the journey. Um, so... And, and we'd beaten them in pre-season. So I think that gave everybody a little bit of confidence that, you know, if, if we turned up and we played how we, we know we can, then we could get the result. Um, and, yeah, we put in another really good performance. Scored Caitlin scored an absolute banger. Um, and, yeah, I think from you. Yeah, no, I think, like you, like you said, we had an idea that was a bit, not not easier, easier is not the right word. It was easier to prepare, sorry, yeah. like going into it, um, like you said. Um, but yeah, like it it was such a good, again, like you just give you that extra buzz. I don't know how to describe it, but like obviously like league games, you know, you buzz if you win, but just because you knew it was the FA Cup, like there was just an extra it gives, like... Yeah, it gave everybody that little bit more sort of motivation I yeah. think and, and willingness to yeah to sort of make the, the next round and I think yeah we, we do have a little bit of a rivalry with with Eversley and California because like I said we've played them a few times <coughs> like over the last few years um so I think that added a little bit extra to it as well Nice, yeah. You uh, mentioned as well that you beat them in pre-season. I think you beat everyone in pre-season, didn't you? Including my own team, <laughs> I might add. Yeah, you absolutely rinsed us that day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame it all on the heat, but actually you guys... Oh, the heat was horrific. Better. It was horrendous, wasn't oh, it? That was probably the worst conditions I think I've ever played football in. It was horrid. Also playing on the, the 3G, like the heat just bounced off it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was... Um, well, I guess the less we talk about that game from an S4K perspective, the better, I think. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely thumped us. So it was a little taste of dip one for us, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, round. So round that was second round qualifying. You beat Eversley in California 4-2 into third round qualifying and you get drawn away to those fake hoops, QPR. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. That was absolutely huge for you. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Can we that talk way. about that we actually have a QPR fan in our team? Yeah, oh. Katie Dealing oh. is a QPR fan. Get rid of her. Get yeah, rid of her. No, honestly. <laughs> not okay. We did contemplate not playing her for the game, so we thought she might just stick a few own goals in. But <laughs> Maybe that is what she did. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, when the draw was made for for that uh, third qualifying round um, everyone was kind of we were all at work and stuff at the time but everyone was on the group chat like, I couldn't wait to see who we got and yeah when it came out that we were away to QPR ladies we were all absolutely buzzing with that um, at the, but the nerves kicked in pretty yeah. soon afterwards because obviously there's uh, three tiers between us um, so it's yeah quite quite a jump up in, in standard of opposition um, so I think we, yeah, a, a few people are a bit daunted by the task ahead. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I've, do you know what? I think, obviously, you guys unfortunately lost, and that was the end of your cup run. But I, that kind of, the experience of it must have been incredible. And I feel like maybe, despite the fact you went out of the cup, that, that scoreline and everything was kind of a bit irrelevant for you, really. It just seemed like such a, a great day for you guys. And obviously, that, the whole experience of you guys hired out a coach and went up there all together on a coach. Like, how was that? Kind of, you went for the full package of the day, which I really love. And I was actually a bit gutted. I think you guys, that, you played that game on a day when I was a bridesmaid for my friends I couldn't really oh. get out of it. otherwise I would have been there on the bus with you oh I love it love it um you know it was such a good experience you know like Paul and you know the men's team they were so supportive and like honestly he was like yeah let's get a bus and I was just like oh okay then yeah like and he was just like yeah yeah cool like we do this you know like and to be honest to be fair to Paul he sorted it all out and he was like you know we've got this budget and and blah 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 and just yeah he ensured yeah. that we got the the order in for the uh, warm-up tops and training tops and stuff so that we had everything ready for for that game but like George said it was just a, a brilliant day like obviously we went up on the coach with all our friends and family um, and made it sort of a, a real occasion um, which yeah despite the scoreline um everybody everybody thoroughly enjoyed it um and and to be honest I think we played really well yeah <laughs> we put yeah we put in a really good performance um I think a couple of weeks before in their their last game they beaten Maidenhead 6-1 and we were all a bit like oh gosh you know that's a team playing in the same tier as them they beat them 6-1 like oh god what are we going into here but yeah, no, we, we played really well. And I'm just going to throw it out there. At 1-0, yeah. Steph Nelson scores. Yeah. She hits the bar and it goes over the line. We've seen the replays. It was yeah. in. It was, it was in. It was it over was the line. So, at, made it 1-1. Could have been a different game. That is devastating. That is a uh, Brooke Chaplin against United at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah, goal. That goal. <laughs> yes. Listen, if that would, if we, you know, I know obviously we can sit here and we can say it was a goal, it went in, blah, blah, blah. But if, you know, that was kind of one of my things that I wanted to come away with is, you know, let's try and score a goal. Mm. Okay, we might not win, but let's try and score yeah, a goal. I, I think that would have been sort of, the, that would have topped the day off had yeah. had that have, have counted and we got to to celebrate a goal there that would, yeah yeah that would have topped it off but unfortunately it wasn't meant to be. deep down we know we yeah <laughs> yeah we know we've got the video <laughs> we've got the exactly Paul as Ken, time, how was that experience for you yeah I mean it, it was fantastic we I managed to get down to the game after our game that morning um so I missed out on the coach but I still got along to the game. The commitment, uh, we love the commitment. <laughs> Stop it. Um, but they they put up such a good fight and like they they really they really took the game to QPR and um, Georgia obviously set up with a plan and the players were were executing that plan and you could tell that QPR play at a decent level like. They're not going to ball around well. They've got some really, really good players. But they they took the game to them. And especially, like Emma mentioned, Steph's ghost goal at, to make it one all. It Who knows what could have happened. But it was, it was just a great experience to see them kind of take it to a team three tiers above, which is like, yeah, mad. And then... And see recently, see QPR went on to win, what was it, 11-1, 11-0 against Bromley in the next round, who were one tier above um, the, our women's team. So that just shows what a, what a fight they put up. And yeah, again, couldn't be prouder and glad they kind of had a good experience despite losing the game. But I, yeah, it was just... Proud. Let's let's use that word. I was proud of them. <laughs> you sounded very reluctant to use that word then. <laughs> I he doesn't like yep. to compliment us. Here in us in a minute to balance it out. It's wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Can Georgia, can you talk about uh number two gate? Oh no. What? Oh no. Oh, 
no. why bring this up? Uh, why? Because it's hilarious. Yeah, Rosie's gonna kill her. Oh yeah, Rosie bless her. So Rosie um was unfortunately injured for the QPR game. Um, but she, she yeah, she came up to to support and she was uh, sat sat on the bench. Got on um, the bevies. Yeah, she had a few bevies before the game, and I think it was partway through the second half with Adamant <laughs> that they had three number twos on the pitch. Um, so decided to uh, leave the bench and go and approach the lino to inform him that there was three players with the number two on their shirt on the pitch. Oh. So a couple of minutes later, the, the game is stopped for a, a substitution. <laughs> lino calls the ref over and says, look, there's more than, apparently there's more than one player here with number two on the shirt. So, so the, the refs got everyone in, looked at their shirt number. No, there's only one player with a, a number two on the back. So, yeah, that, that was a tad awkward. Um, <laughs> I said to Rosie, like, 5,000 times, are you sure it's not just a number seven? Like, and it looks like a two. No, no, no. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. I was just like, oh. Yeah, I think her, her vision was slightly blurred from the uh, the sliders. Mm. Listen, I don't want to bet you guys out, but I've seen the Instagram stories. You guys like a beverage, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's, it's all about team bonding. Every <laughs> it's team bonding. That's how we bond. <laughs> I'm here for it. I rate it. I mean, s <laughs> aren't that dissimilar, to be fair. So, you know, I'm here for it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, Paul, another question for you, actually. What has the move done for the club's profile? Ooh. Nothing. Oh, <gasps> no. oh, wow. We're leaving. Wow. Leave meeting. Uh, Mute him permanently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to see the reaction there. Um, no, in, in honesty, it's been great. And it's something that has really helped to kind of take us a step forward. Um, we were always a, a one team Sunday league club and now we're a little bit more professional than it's this lot. I'll say this though, their their cup results have um shown us up a bit this season but um we like to win the odd league game. Um <laughs> just, just gonna leave that one out there. <laughs> they do. They've won two. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll take that. We'll take that dig. I, I might take that comment back after looking at the table, actually. Um, fine. Um, no, but seriously, it's it's been a really good thing for us. And um, it, it's, it's, like I said, it's something that I always wanted to do um, as club chairman of a one-team club, uh, to make it more than one team. And to make it a women's team and kind of support the, the women's game um, is, is something I was only too happy to kind of get involved in when, when Georgia and Emma came to us. Um, when so... you came to us. <laughs> oh. I'm not going to argue it. I'm going to let it go. Um, um, but it, it's it's kind of given us a really good kind of place to go forward from, I think. Um, you see, on the even in terms of like just our, our kind of reach and connecting with different people involved in sort of the women's game and and just having that kind of um, those conversations and just also kind of it's been a bit of a learning process for myself as well, sort of learning about the differences between what a men's team kind of behave like and what a men's team expect from the club and what a women's team would expect from the club. And obviously there's a lot of similarities, but there's differences too. And it's been a good learning process for us. And I hope that this is just the start of a journey on, on both sides. Um, and in the future, I'm busy just having more than one uh, of each team to be honest so it's it's been a really good journey so far and from, from the experience I and we have had over the past probably about 12 months now since we we started talking about this it's it's been a really positive one and one that I'm keen to kind of 
continue going forward as well. And credit to these two, like, as much as they uh, give it the big one, um, they yeah. have actually been brilliant um, on and off the pitch. So, kudos to you. Very nice, very nice. Oh, you're That's really too kind. <laughs> um, I also just want to ask a little bit about the kind of the shelter campaign that's coming up. What was that again? Was that uh, a decision between between you guys as well, or is it just a chairman's decision? Is it something you talked about as a club to do, kind of get involved in? Do you want to explain actually maybe what the shelter campaign is, and then what what your intentions for the month are? And my intentions were basically to dig out the Premier League teams who won't get involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, on, in terms of recreating this at a, um, a club level um, it may be slightly difficult given that we've only got one away kit um, but I don't know uh, to be honest it was it was kind of about help, helping with shelters and a message uh, around the kind of homelessness crisis if you have it in the UK and how things are getting worse and obviously as we all know the, the cost of living is going up um, the price of kind of everyday things gets more and more every day wages don't go up as well and some people are really struggling as a result of that and particularly at this time of the year with Christmas coming up with the, the cold weather that's coming in and stuff it's a really important time to think about those who, who are less fortunate at the moment and and don't have a home to go to like at the end of the day sort of thing. Um, so it was something we were keen to show support for and um, on, a, on a practical level, um, I mean, it would be difficult for both of to do it, but I mean, if, if there's a way we can make it work, we will. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, it was kind of, it was about that continuing message that we tried to, to go with at the club that even a small grassroots football team can try to make a difference in, in ways that sometimes not even the top level professional clubs can or will. Solid. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of... Well, actually, I'm hoping that we might... So S4K can join in as well, because luckily we've got away games for the whole of December, so hopefully we can just naturally do it anyway. So, yeah, we're hoping to get involved. We'll make some donations as well, so that would be really cool. Um, another question for you guys. So, kind of a, not a final question necessarily, but what... I don't know, you might not even be able to reveal it, but what is the future kind of looking like? Can you reveal what's kind of coming next for the goats women? Tell me, tell me, tell me all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't planned that far ahead yet. No. <laughs> like, gonna play the next league game and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um yeah, I mean, like we said, a lot of the summer there was so much going on behind the scenes, like back and forth with Paul and stuff and I think like it was almost like a massive like weight off our shoulders wasn't it um just even revealing the team and just telling people so I think yeah I mean I think in terms of like expectations maybe for us for this season um, um we have just got through I think it's the quarterfinals of the the Bucks and Bucks women's trophy now we want so, silverware <laughs> yes thanks for well you ain't gonna get any are you yeah so it's down <laughs> to us um <laughs> I, no i genuinely think that the aim is 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 to get to a cup final certainly um and in terms of of, of league it's just get a little bit more consistency to be honest our results have been really up and down we've had a couple of really good wins in the league and then some some disappointing um losses so yeah, it's just finding a little bit more consistency, I think, with our with our league form. Um, but yeah, certainly getting to a to a cup final is a is a priority, I think. Paul, have you got any big plans for the women at all, or are we not allowed to know them? Just well, <laughs> I, I'm all for the cup final. Here we go. If you can get to the cup final, I promise we will. Oh, he's done show. that on purpose, hasn't he? <laughs> Such a wind-up. So <laughs> the worst, the worst. You know, <laughs> you know this is being recorded, Paul, um, right? So whatever you say has to... 
Yeah, you can't go back on your word. You, you can do that point. The pitch, get those two more results, <laughs> and we'll see. Um, <laughs> but in terms of future plans, um, obviously, I mentioned earlier about potential away kit. Like again, if if we go ahead and do another competition like we've done in recent years, I very much want Georgia Emma. And the rest of the squad as well to be involved in that process. Because um, at the end of the day, it's us and you and well, us as a collective, I suppose, who are going to be wearing the kits. So the more involvement, the better. Um, and you missed a big thing to the horizon. Uh, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> the Christmas party. In, um, in true fashion, um, we are having a joint... Christmas I don't know party. if you're going to regret this or not. It will start off as a joint event. I mean, you're definitely going to regret it because um, every new player to the club has to, um, has to sing an initiation song. So um, we'll be down at Phantom Brewery in front of all the, the local punters. And, Putting uh, on a lovely concert we'll have a whole for the local of you punters. Lot singing some interesting They'll be paying us to stop. <laughs> Listen again, I've seen your Instagram stories. You guys love a sing song. <laughs> oh, God. This is true. There, there will be some cracking performances, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> we love a TikTok at the minute. The girls seem to love a TikTok. Oh, yeah, they absolutely do. Yeah. There we go then. Club TikTok. Well, one been... of our lads has got quite a lot of followers on uh, TikTok. So um, I make sure you capture Nice. Okay, I did actually throw out that we were recording tonight. So I have got a couple of questions. I'm going to call this from the mailbag. Um, from the man, the myth, the legend, Andy Wicks, Oak Mist Photography. What a guy. Yes. Love him. What, what a guy. Him. What a legend. Yeah, absolutely. So he wants to know, we've seen Charlotte throwing some shapes in a photo recently, but who <laughs> on the team has the best moves? Oh, oh, I know the answer to this. <laughs> Hands down, it is Rosie Page Smith. <laughs> now, when 50 Cent drops, <laughs> She's gonna kill you. Rosie busts some unbelievable moves. <laughs> we'll get video evidence of this for you. But, there we go. That's yeah. TikTok content pending. Oh, that my case. God. Absolutely. That is yeah. so funny. I she, don't know. She, I she think... is a smooth mover. I don't know. Rosie. Nina was doing some good shapes. Yeah. To yeah. be Nina fair, keeper. Throw some shapes as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. And there's just one more as well. This is from Andrew at Selk, who from my other podcast, we probably shouldn't mention it. Um, and also proof that he has absolutely never seen me play football. He says, can you guys sign me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, why not? Come on, Do come it. on over. Swap no, the honestly. Oh, wait, what was that from? It's wet, I think he means on the field, but I'll happily do the social media. That's that's my bag. I'm much better tweeting and writing about football than I am playing it. I can ch tell you that now. Nah, you can do both. It's fine. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might notice that I do that quite often because social media for S4K will often start with me tweeting at the game and then it just goes dead for like 40 minutes. And that's because I'm yeah. on the pitch. The yeah. worst is when people start going, did you get my goal on camera? I'm like, no, I'm on the pitch with you guys. Of course I didn't get your goal on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the issue. We you you obviously know the same things that we go through. Like, yeah, it, it is what it is. You try your best, don't you? At the end exactly. of the day, we can only do what we can do. We can't be in three different places at once or doing three different things. So yeah, no, it's a tough one. <laughs> of course, of course. So the most important thing is, and the final thing I'm going to ask you is, where can people find you on social media? Paul, this is your bag. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to steal your thunder. Go on, give yourself a cheek. Come on, do something useful for once. <laughs> a little plug. Oh, gosh. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Cabotin uh, United, the men's team. Cabotin United, WFC, the women's team. And also on Instagram. Uh, I can't remember how many times I've been there. Average United and Average United Women. He doesn't know. Is the answer? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, clearly there's a team TikTok pending as well at some point after the Christmas yeah, party. Yeah, I feel like that's the next step. <laughs> that could be yeah, a show. I, I, think, I think if the fans say that that's what they want, I think we've got to give the fans what they want. Absolutely. Very right. That's it, your next Twitter poll in that case. <laughs> I think we've got it's got to be done, Paul. That's that's your next tweet. Get the Twitter poll out. I don't have enough phone battery to do Twitter. I'm not going to tell you this and... is important. This is important. <laughs> Priority. TikTok. Delegation is my new priority. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right, guys. Thank you so, so much for joining me. This has been an absolute blast. I've really enjoyed chatting to you guys. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Emma, Georgia, and Paul. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was hosted by Abby Tysurst and featured special guests Georgia Graham, Emma Hopkins and Paul Gutteridge. It was cobbled together by Tom Canning. Our music is called Space Camp by Reading's very own Rocket Kings, which you can find on Spotify and all good music outlets. Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook and at www.footballinbarkshire.co.uk Creative Lifestyle Planning is proud to sponsor the award-winning Berkshire Football Stories podcast from Football in Berkshire. Creative Lifestyle Planning is a woking and based independent financial planning business who provide affordable, transparent financial planning for clients from all walks of life. Maybe you're saving for a property, planning for retirement or would just like to save some money in a tax efficient manner. Drop them a line on 0330 118 0210. That's 0330 118 0210 for a free initial consultation and let them know Football in Berkshire sent you.